0: Hello and welcome to Additive Insight, your source of news, interviews and comments on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence. Brought to you by TCT Magazine. I'm your host, Sam Davis, and on today's episode I'm joined by Shri Shetty, founder and CEO of Zeda, the brand born from PrinterPress's acquisition of Vertex Manufacturing. PrinterPress came to market looking to advance the development of medical devices with 3D printing and nanotechnologies but in October 2021 acquired Vertex Manufacturing, an AM service bureau founded by Greg Morris. The combination of these businesses will see Zeda's mission expand beyond medical, but per this conversation with Sri, it will not distract from the company's original mission. In founding PrinterPres, Sri and his team set out to deliver high quality medical devices to underserved regions at lower cost by harnessing additive manufacturing. Over the next 30 minutes, Shree explains the opportunity he sees for Zayda in that area, while also touching on the reasoning behind the rebrand, the closing of a $52 million Series B funding round, and the integration of Vertex. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more Additive Insight, head on over to tctmagazine.com where you can subscribe to the print edition of TCT Magazine and our weekly Additive Insight newsletter for free. Hi Sri. welcome to the Additive Insight podcast. How's it going? It's going pretty good, Sam. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing great. Yeah. So um, from the outside looking in, it seems like it's been a busy start to the year for you and your team. So first, I wanted to to talk about the new brand, uh, Zeta. Um, Printer prayers obviously, is a you know five year old company. Um, when this change of brand was announced um, at the end of February, so can you tell me why you felt that the rebrand was necessary after you know a few years of of business.
1: Yes. So actually, Printer Press originally was started as a brand in the medical space and using additive plus semiconductor technology to target medical devices. Uh, Printer Press was a, was supposed to be a placeholder uh, because we do nothing with printers or the press, but uh, we were we were modeling ourselves around the printing press and we used that as a name to begin with. Uh, and most of our focus for the first few years was on the on the medical side. Uh, but over time, as we started expanding and needed manufacturing, we actually merged with Vertex Manufacturing out of Ohio, uh, which was which was focusing on other markets other than medical. So Greg Morris and his team out of Ohio were focusing on aerospace, space, defense, uh, semiconductor, while we were in core a medical company as the two companies merged and the goal of the company started increasing we started looking at a more broader market uh, instead of being a pure medical company we started looking at the whole regulated market industry uh, we picked uh, we decided that you know neither the vertex name nor the printer press name completely represented who we stood for uh, and we wanted a name that started from a z and ended with an a so the whole whole thought process between the name was, uh, you know, it starts from the customer and comes back to uh, the product or it starts from the hospital to the medical device or uh, from an aerospace manufacturer to a part coming out of the line. And something that was short, easy for us to, uh, for everyone to remember and something that that could be also global. So, you know, there, there are a lot of companies that work with us are not only based in the U.S., but are based internationally, uh, and you know English is is a, a second language. So you wanted something that is easy for people to remember. So we've gone through a four month extensive uh, rebranding exercise that, in essence, uh, represents where we are today uh, compared to where Printer Press or vertex was a few years ago.
0: In the press release um, announced uh, the new brand, um, there was mention of, as you said there, that you know the, the Z to A idea um and starting with the customer in mind and ending with a product so can you give me some insight into i guess the process of developing products with the manufacturing technology you've got and the know-how you've got in collaboration with your with your customers
1: yeah so i think one of the key things that we do that that as a company focuses on is we focus on highly regulated industries Uh, so we do not do nuts and bolts so a lot of our customers are the blue chip aerospace companies, or the large space companies, or the defense companies, or or the large Asian medical countries. And they have very specific needs in complex products using very complex materials. And that is our sweet spot. The fact that we can work with high-end customers to, to make complicated parts that are in advanced materials, in a regulated market under a regulated umbrella Mm -hmm. is where Zeta focuses on. And that's why it starts with the customer because typically in aerospace defense space, the customer comes to us with uh, very complex designs that have very, very stringent requirements on manufacturing and we give them high quality parts that are not only meet spec, but are repeatable and under very tight control. And in medical, our customers are the customers, large countries out of Asia, South America, Middle East, where we not only need to customize the parts for the local population, but reduce the cost. And in both these markets, the need for the market starts from the customer and we tailor our pilot lines or our production lines around the need of the customer so that we can hit it with the high accuracy and traditional manufacturing expertise we have at Vertex, but combine it with our semiconductor backbone to get high yields, high quality, high control. Mm -hmm. That's what starts with the customer, that's the Z, and and, and gives us the requirements to build up parts under our ecosystem.
0: Before we started recording, you were telling me, um, you know, you've touched on it there, kind of, developing these products for the end user in mind and and in those regions um, such as Asia, um, where obviously a 3d printed medical device, for example, is, is expensive anyway, but maybe for for certain regions in the world, it's more expensive um, and it's perhaps not developed with those in mind. So could you, could you touch on, I guess, that motivation that you've, you've carried into this, um, into this business And, and I guess the opportunities that are there for, for 3d printing, but I guess with, with your approach in mind and and how you're going to tackle those markets and address those markets.
1: Okay. So I'll tell you a little bit about what the challenges are in how things are done today. So if you look at medical devices as an industry, the two big challenges are the fact that historically medical devices have been designed for the Western populations. And it's got to do with the fact that the Western populations had the money to spend for these surgeries for the last 30 years. So I'd say 90, 95% of medical devices have been designed for the US population. Uh, And they've also been designed for the US insurance system. So they're very expensive, $3,000, $5,000, $10,000. The challenge with this is that the US is 300 million people while the world is 7 billion people. And now the remaining 6.7 billion people actually have access to money, have a large aging population and need these devices. This is where Zeta focuses on. First thing is we use advanced technologies like 3D printing and our know-how in the back end with the vertex group that whose genesis is from the Morris technology days to create a vertically integrated ecosystem where we can create tailored parts for the global population by ethnicities. And the second thing is we overlay it with. Uh, advanced technologies coming from the semiconductor industry, like clean rooms, robotics, automation, EDA, that reduces the cost and makes it more affordable. So in the medical space, we can customize devices for US approved FDA devices that have a lot of patient data in the US, customize it for the global population, reduce cost. And we do that by Controlling every step in our process, vertically integrating it, and then overlaying it with technologies from the semiconductor industry, and we are targeting that remaining ninety-seven percent of the population that today is buying inferior devices from different Asian countries or East European countries and cannot just afford the U.S. FDA quality or, or devices, and that's where uh, we are taking. You know, we are along the lines of of. This platform has been created around affordability uh, and value-based healthcare, uh, and you know integration of supply chain. And the way we do it is, uh, we also have a model of creating localized manufacturing ecosystems. So mm-hmm. we not only we are like the McDonald's where we have an ecosystem today only in the U.S., but as we go into countries across Asia, across Middle East, across South America, we will create local manufacturing facilities in country that not only help us reduce the cost further, but also gives local uh, devices for local people, which is uh, which is a model that uh, maybe the generic pharma industry is taking. I think our model is very similar to generic pharma where 10, 15 years ago, all pharma was manufactured and high-end pharma was in the US. The generic pharma not only took the US high-end devices and created local versions of it, but also created manufacturing ecosystem in countries like India, Indonesia, et cetera. Uh, And we are following that same model for the $70 billion medical device industry. And uh, we have today uh, between 15 to 22 families of FDA devices that uh, that have been implanted in 30,000 patients uh, in the US. And we're using that as a base to create a global brand around medical. In non-medical, uh, we work in a lot of advanced industries. They are predominantly, as you know, or uh, they have supply chain issues with their current ecosystem in Asia, and we get them a low, high-end local ecosystem under the regulations that can reduce cost because they do not have some of the challenges in supply chain right now. So we're seeing a huge supply chain challenge right now from some of the Asian countries, and we provide a local uh, ecosystem to build some of these parts for the US and Mm-hmm.
0: That idea of, of, you know, targeting those those eastern markets um, over in Asia, I think brings us on nicely to um, a, a recent announcement that, that Zeta made, which was um, a $52 million Series B round, um, which has included investment from, from some big names. Michelin for one, um, Tayo Nippon, Sanzo, um, a Mitsubishi company um, is another. Um, And I believe that that funding is going to help kind of grow this this business internationally and and take you into those markets with with facilities. So can you tell me about that process in terms of the the international expansion of of Zada?
1: Yeah, so uh, talking about the financing, you know, last year was a tough year financially for the markets and the venture markets. Uh, But the fact that we have been able to raise so much significant capital means that we are very current with some of the global trends that are happening right now, especially the localization of supply chain, and the and the fact that there is there is these healthcare challenges post COVID, uh, where a lot of countries and a lot of uh, of ecosystems are very aware of of the requirement for localization of medical devices. Uh, We got some large partners that are not from the medical industry as well, that bring us a core of technology that lets us go global. Uh, One of the reasons we raised the capital was twofold. One was we need to, the markets we're targeting are huge. We are seeing almost 1,000x to 3,000x top line revenue growth year over year. And we have almost 10 times our monthly revenue in backlog. We signed contracts that says that we have more demand than anything that we can supply, predominantly because of some of the large global trends that I'm talking about. The money is mainly used for us to create a large manufacturing ecosystem in the US. Uh, There'll be an announcement coming soon where we'll be talking about putting a 73,000 square feet manufacturing facility in Ohio and and expanding our product portfolio. We today are in spine. uh, We're looking at getting into trauma. We're looking at getting into knees. We're looking at getting into other medical devices because we do have the manufacturing, we do have the customers, we need the product portfolio. So the main reason, the two reasons why we're building this, uh, raised this capital was to build this large uh, digital foundry in, in the US that can create many, many products and expand our product portfolio so that we can target some of these large, large countries. And I think the average country that we're targeting are anywhere between 100 to 300 million people. So in terms of population is almost the size of the US. So uh, and other countries that are as as big as a billion people so you know it gives you the range of of markets that we are hitting so uh it is it is very uh the, the capital is all being raised with very large players uh, to make this global play to hit a need that exists today in the market
0: how involved beyond the investment do you hope the the investors can be because as, as we as we mentioned before we we start recording they're big brands um with a with a load of experience in their in their respective fields so how can they help to um facilitate some growth and move the company forward
1: yes yeah, so uh, we there are five different strategic investors we brought in and there are a few more that we took lois from that we did not bring in as yet but the five of them are very strategic for our growth process. Uh, one of them is uh, helps us on the uh, on the manufacturing technology side to get some cost benefits and some economies of scale that are not currently possible by other technologies out there. So they bring us a core technology in manufacturing that helps. The second partner brings us things around around uh, consumables, gas distribution, purification, which today is a large area of interest, especially for the regulated markets, because let's see, create parts that cannot be created by others. The third partner you know, brings us some specialty materials uh, in the polymeric space that lets us expand our portfolio from the metals to the implantable polymeric space and high-end space and, uh, and aerospace direction. The fourth partner gives us access to a large country with thousands of hospitals that can can take our devices into market, so they're a channel partner. And the last one is is a partner that is in the automation space that along with the first partner could help us in, in creating technologies in our manufacturing flow that is very robust. So as you can see, all our strategic partners either give us some technology in our mission or give us access to market or give us some core materials, core gases, et cetera, that let us create things that other people can't. And we will continue to expand our portfolio into strategic partners that give us technology uh, because as we become a global brand, as we start creating localized manufacturing across the globe, uh, we not only go alone, we go with a consortium of partners that help us create this. Then we have almost fifty-two other partners uh, that are between printer manufacturers, software manufacturers, material manufacturers, hospital part, uh, hospital manufacturers, uh, doctor manufacturers. They are all doctor partners. These are all partners that have not invested in the company, but are still part of the consortium and are part of our ecosystem. Uh, so you know. We, we have five of them that I've invested, we have another 50 behind that are part of our group that that help us with our growth process. So mm. we do not make the pieces, uh, we make the whole.
0: And then there's Vertex Manufacturing, which um, is a business that uh, Printerprez at the time acquired um, about 18 months ago now. Um, and so what was it that attracted um, the business to to that company and, and, and wanted to, to integrate that company. And I guess, how did it complement what PrinterPress was doing at that time and, and now Zeta moving
1: forward? Yeah, so Printer Press back then had a, a group of FDA devices, and we had a qualified manufacturing ecosystem in, in um, Fremont, California. Uh, we had almost, I think, seven metal printers out here. Uh, and Vertex was our backend partner doing all the post-processing. That is almost seven or 10 steps of post-processing, including machining, polishing. Uh, so before we acquired Vertex, we were almost working with the Vertex team for 14 months to qualify our process through their backend. Uh, the Morris Tech team, Greg Morris and everyone at Vertex are legends in the industry. Uh, they, as you know, they they were part of the whole additive manufacturing revolution in the US. I think their team had the first uh, Metal 3D printer in the US in the early 90s. And they grew that to building, and most people did not realize that they not only built parts for with GE and other aerospace manufacturers, but they were also involved with Ethicon and the JNJ group that later got acquired by JNJ. Uh, so the team had almost 30 years of 20 to 30 years of, uh, of uh, additive manufacturing mass manufacturing know-how and that is very critical especially in the machining side especially in the polishing side especially in the packaging side uh, and they did their core of their expertise was in the regulated markets so the fact that we bring a high-tech company with advanced devices like us in medical and combine it with a, a team that has you know, many, many years of many decades of experience in doing this kind of manufacturing uh, was a natural uh, combination. It has been extremely successful. Uh, We today do all our innovation in Fremont, we do all our regulation in New Jersey, uh, and then we do all our manufacturing for medical and non-medical in Ohio. So, you know, it is uh, Ohio as an area to doing manufacturing is very friendly, not from the not only from the economic standpoint, but also from the skill set standpoint. Uh, as you know, there's the steel industry and other industries have been in that region for a long time. So, the, and a lot of large companies, GE, Raytheon, uh, Procter & Gamble, etc. exist in that space. So, there is a, a group of highly qualified, trained workforce out there. Uh, that we can use as we scale up into our large manufacturing facility. So that those are many reasons that we contemplated. Uh, It is one of the three different acquisitions we made to date. So, uh, you know, it is uh, part of our experience. So so as you know, there are things that we develop organically, and there are other things that we acquire from outside. So typically products we acquire from outside. uh, We built a, I think when we acquired Vortex, they had 12 people uh and uh maybe twelve thousand square feet facility in ohio uh we right now have almost 40 people there and uh almost like ninety thousand to hundred thousand square feet in total in manufacturing mm. in ohio, which is uh, which has been and we've grown that within 14 one, months and it's pretty significant growing.
0: yeah yeah absolutely and obviously one of those people as you mentioned um is greg morris who um you know is a veteran of the industry has been renowned in, involved in some of the most renowned um applications and, and that kind of thing. How's it been working with him over the last few years? And, and I guess what what does he add to the team and what have you learned learned from from him um working alongside him?
1: Yeah so you know I knew Greg before uh before him in Vortex, uh, during his G days and how was it applied and that's how we met. And Forgetting about everything that he's done in additive, he might be the uh, the nicest person you've ever met, and his, his core team are people that have all grown up in Cincinnati, and a few of them went to high school with him. So uh, he has a he has a huge uh, group of of technologists, uh, machinists, etc. that uh, that work with him and have worked. With him for many many years, and you know, if you work with him, you realize that there's a reason for that. That he's uh, he's uh, not only technically very strong, but he's also uh, maybe the nicest person out there. Very and you know, as we've grown with him, uh, we've learned a lot from him, uh, and the company has uh, both printer press and Vertex has got stronger. Uh, together and today he's a core piece of our our, our senior staff and define our direction not only in Ohio but across the world. So, uh, and you know uh, we we have a few people that have come from different industries and Greg is a critical is by far the manufacturing expansion device uh, expert on our senior staff and. And we collectively are looking at a large business that that hopefully can have an impact on people.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned there that obviously you you were applied when you when you met Greg applied materials. Um, you, you've done um, I believe like twenty five years in, in the semiconductor space. So when you when you set up um, Zada or uh, Printer Press as it was back then, what was your kind of motivation in, in establishing the business? Tell me that story in terms of starting a company. I think it might have been your, your first business um, that you started. So what has that experience been like?
1: Yeah, actually, I'll talk a little bit about our founders. So, you know, uh, I was at uh, 25 years in the semiconductor company in large public companies, uh, you know, and uh, my last role was at Applied Materials where I was in the business development, uh, involved in some venture capital, and involved in some M&A, especially around the 3D printing space. Uh, in the office of the CTO at, at Applied Materials. So that was my background, core manufacturing. So I had a lot of core manufacturing. And before that, at Ultratech, I had a lot of core manufacturing background. Uh, my two co-founders, Alan Dang and Alexis Dang, are orthopedic spine and sports surgeons at UCSF. And they uh, they actually, before uh, we started printer Press were doing 3D printing inside the UCSF hospital. And my fourth co-founder, Kishore, actually was twelve years at Apple, and he was doing operations in groups like iTunes, Apple Maps, App Store, and I actually met the doctors at uh, at a conference, and Alexis and me were talking at a conference, and Alexis was talking about all the need that the medical ecosystem had, and how there was so many medical devices required across the globe, and there was no way for us to customize it or reduce the cost at scale. Well, I was talking about the fact that semiconductor technologies could create devices at mass at a reduced cost and uh, customize it for the global population. And it was just by chance that we were talking about the same topic from two different perspectives at a a conference. We did not know each other before that. Uh, And then it was by chance, we were all based in, in the Silicon Valley and no one was looking to start a company uh, we met for sushi in in uh, Palo Alto, and all our wives were really happy because we gave up really high-paying jobs to to become non-paying startup entrepreneurs. One month later, but that's how the company was formed. And the main reason the company was formed was to make an impact. Was uh, you know to take things and and impact people, and you know that's where uh, we formed Printer Press. But uh, I don't think any of us was looking to to create a company, and none of us come from the startup background. We all come from large public companies, and we created it purely because um, by chance. And you know that's, uh, uh, and then you know, six years later, uh, it might be one of the biggest impactful things that we have done in our careers, all of us.
0: Mm. And so, how did you? What What was behind the decision to make um, additive manufacturing technology such a big part of the? the mission and and the business.
1: Yeah so I you know I had 23 years of semiconductor know-how and the last 5 I was involved with additive manufacturing as a technology for other industries right for uh semiconductor or aero etc and I was looking at it closely and realized that it was a very strong technology from a design standpoint from a material efficiency standpoint And from a customization standpoint, you can customize by people or you can customize by race because it's a software file and not a physical mold or a cast or uh, uh, a traditional machinery uh, uh, where you're trying to make many things of the same kind. So that is very powerful, especially for industries where volumes are low, but quality is high, right? So things like uh, aerospace, medical. Uh, defense. These are places where you require very high quality parts that have very high precision. And the volumes are not like the automobile industry and other industries as yet. Right now, and this is my thought six years ago, right now, you know, additive as a technology has evolved where a lot of these higher volume products are becoming very cost effective as well. Uh, I'd say uh, the biggest, the biggest, uh, uh, misconception of additive is that it is expensive compared to traditional manufacturing, which is true at scale. But for parts that are like medical devices, which are small because there are only certain size that can go in the body, it's actually a lot more cost effective than uh, something like a CNC technology, which is being currently used because in CNC, you start with something big and you make it small. Uh, and the material like titanium is more expensive than gold. So this the material by itself is you have so much cost in wastage. While in 3D printing, you're just building as much as you need. So it's very cost effective. You're also taking factories that effectively uh, are very uh high in emission and, and you know very large in footprint, and a lot of people working manually replacing them with digital factories that are that are relatively clean. So you know this. These factories can be easily. You can replace cities of factories with uh, with 20,000 square feet digital factories in country, which makes it very effective technology for for those those reasons. The fact that you can not only create customized products, you can use software. It's a clean process. It's low material consumption, and it's a good uh, it's a good technology to create Lego block factories, which can be in country. And can we control from it from a central server? Uh, is all the reasons why uh, additive is powerful. You just need to look at additive as a piece of the whole. It's a piece of the jigsaw puzzle. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's not additive by itself. It's additive as everything else that creates a picture.
0: When you consider um, AM technology as a part of the company's vision, what What would you say are the remaining hurdles relating to the the technology um, that still need to be overcome, whether that's within Zeta's control or whether that's within the industry at large's control?
1: Yeah, so I think the AM technology by itself, because I come from the semiconductor industry, the AM technology by itself is still very early on in its evolution. I think uh, a lot of the hardware, the software, the materials, uh, you know, so in the last twenty years, there's a lot of money that's gone into additives, so it is very ready for, uh, for a prime time. The challenges are, you know, it has to find the right applications and you know large volume applications, and it requires a different way of looking at it. If you try and take parts that were historically built by traditional manufacturing, and try to build them, or if you try to take a traditional manufacturing factory and and add a few AM tools and try and help it out. It doesn't work because of two reasons. First thing is that the design for AM is very different than for traditional manufacturing. So to get the whole value, you have to design for the technology. The second thing is that the kind of ecosystem required for AM. AM is more software, digital technology, software engineers, you know, uh, and less CNC-like. So the factories that use them, need to be designed for digital manufacturing and that's where you'll get the most value out of it uh, which is where we see uh, us having a higher impact because a lot of our workers we do have some of the blue collar workers in the back end that work with their hands but a lot of the software engineers the material scientists the front end that the designers that help design the parts that are effective and that is where you can get the true value of AM and I think a lot of people have dabbled in AM across the last two decades and have failed because They've done one or the other. They've either tried to make it a replacement for traditional manufacturing, which using traditional design, which is not effective, and second is they've just tried an add-on strategy of adding a few AM tools, and and it's too complex for you know a typical CNC technician to do that.
0: My last question, Sri, and thank you for your for your time today, um, taking through all of this. How would you describe the the vision for the Zeta from this point forward?
1: Yeah, I think you know we are very, we are right now have two streams of business that are booming. Uh, we have the non-medical stream where aerospace, defense, uh, et cetera, are taking off because of the supply chain issues. We have huge orders in that space from very large companies, and then the medical we are seeing extensive extensive demand from large countries across Asia that we're trying to meet the demand on. Uh, I think as we grow. Uh, our our mega factory, mega digital factory coming out in Ohio will help us meet some of the short-term demands. But after that, we will will start creating pilot factories across the globe, uh, which will uh, create a stream of networks of factories that will help meet some of these demands. The fact that uh, we work in very specialized markets with specialized materials, with specialized customers makes us very different than someone like a Foxconn or someone else that has competitive pressure from cost from China or Vietnam. A lot of our parts uh, are very unique and our factories are very unique and we see very little competitive pressure out there on the global scale.